Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome in, podcast listeners. We're getting you ready for Titans-Jags, which will inaugurate, kickoff, and bring back the NFL for week three. Talking about that, Jalen Ramsey, the drama surrounding him. We got three great guests for you as well. Frank Isola discussing the decision to bench Eli Manning with him. Uh, John Morosi as the Major League Baseball playoff race comes down the stretch. What does he anticipate to see? Plus, he's a big Michigan fan. What does he think about the Wolverines on the road against Wisconsin? And Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc on Twitter, the latest in all of the NFL injury-related situations and stories. That will be what we discuss on Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Right now, the podcast for you, Thursday edition. Enjoy. Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis, live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Titans, Jags. Third straight year, Thursday night football. It doesn't get much better than this. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by True Car. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car. True Cash offer not available in all areas. What is available in all areas? Gardner Minshew. Head-to-head with Marcus Mariota. It's a battle for the ages. NFL Week 3 officially underway. I'm going to be watching. I know a lot of you are going to watch too because you have nothing better to do. But it is funny that this is the third straight year that they've put Titans-Jags on Thursday Night Football. It feels like Thursday Night Football was in many ways made for Titans-Jags. A game that you would otherwise never pay attention to or watch, but they put it on Thursday Night Football and millions of people will sit down in front of their televisions and actually watch. So what's at stake? 
what's at stake as we get ready for NFL Week 3? I think what's at stake is pretty simple. Uh, the Jags are, right now it appears to be a broken franchise. Reports are that Jalen Ramsey is going to play in this game, even though he's now going to be leaving Jacksonville. It's a weird situa- situation. It's a weird dynamic. I don't really know what Jalen Ramsey has to gain at all by playing in this game because if he gets injured, then nobody's going to trade for him and he has to spend the rest of the year in Jacksonville even though he's already announced that he doesn't want to be there anymore. So a part of me thinks his agent should say, no, 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 we're not going to play in this game. We've let it be known that we want to be traded and it's your obligation to figure out how to get that trade done. You want to get the deal done too the only thing that can happen in this game is if my client gets injured, then you lose the ability to trade him and he loses his ability to go elsewhere and play for the rest of the year. So am I crazy, first of all, for thinking it's wild that the Jags would even risk playing Jalen Ramsey in this game? Secondly, the Jags have basically quit on the season. Certainly if they lose to go to 0-3, the trajectory of this franchise is just abject disaster because it wasn't very long ago at all, 16 months ago or so, that the Jags were leading in the fourth quarter against the New England Patriots with a chance to go to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles. And everybody was talking about how the Jags looked like a team of the future. It wasn't even very long ago, I think last year, right? that the Jags in September, didn't they beat the Patriots to start off the season last year before the wheels came off for this franchise? Blake Bortles threw for like 300-some-odd yards, and everybody was talking about how the Jags looked like the real deal. And in the space of a very few months, everything has come undone for the Jags, and they look like a franchise that's going to have to go back to the drawing board and completely rebuild. Maybe Gardner Minshew is going to be a guy that they can rely on for a little I don't know. That sounds crazy to say. That a sixth-round pick like Gardner Minshew is starting is is wild in and of itself. Nick Foles, who's supposed to remake the team, is injured. So this is a must-win game, I would say, for Jacksonville. Although I can also argue to you that it doesn't really matter because I don't think Jacksonville is going to be any good no matter what. So even if they win this game, it doesn't really change anything about the overall trajectory of their season. Flip side for the Titans, it really is a must-win game because Marcus Mariota is in a contract year. The Titans didn't play well on Sunday against the Colts where they basically choked away a home win, what should have been a home win, against an average to mediocre Colts team. There was a lot of optimism in Nashville after the Titans went on the road and whipped the Browns in week one, and they were in control in the fourth quarter of that game against the Colts, then they miss a field goal that would have put them up a full touchdown. Then they allow a 59-yard run. Next thing you know, they're down two points, and they have two drives inside the final four minutes and can't do anything with it. And so there is, I would say, a lot of pressure on the Titans to avoid falling to 1-2, and 0-2 in the division, and also then follow that up with a trip to Atlanta, which is not an easy game. Uh, and I would say the Titans need to win one of the next two to be sitting at two and two because if you fall to one and three, you're in trouble. So instead of playing with house money like they would have been the Titans if they had beaten 
the Indianapolis Colts, they would have been sitting at 2-0, and and you would have said, okay, they could even survive losing the next two. You don't want to be 1-3 and coming out of the first four in a division that's likely to be pretty competitive all year long, but only if you're around 9-7. and 9-7 and might well win this division this year. 10-6 and certainly would, and it's hard to start off 1-2 and and get there. So that is what is at stake tonight in this game. Titans, the last time I checked when I went to bed last night, around a two, two-and-a-half point favorite. Derrick Henry, if you're out there uh, kind of paying attention to fantasy, Derrick Henry has owned the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's his uh, his local team is how it's described all the time. He's from Uly, Florida, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And he has shown up and beaten down his local team. This has been kind of the game where he takes off. Last year, he had the 99-yard run, 226, I believe it was, uh, rushing yards in the game. It was a eye-opening, revelatory, big-time performance by the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama that really has propelled him. He's still playing well right now. So we'll see. Marcus Mariota on the line, if he played awfully, could there be talk of Ryan Tannehill coming in to replace him? Yes, I think that could certainly happen. If he plays well, Titans emerge, start off the season 2-1, and one, get a long week to get ready for the Atlanta Falcons. So there are several different plot lines to follow here as we approach the opening of NFL Week 3. We got a loaded show for you, by the way, as we always do. Let me give you a lineup of where we're headed. We've got uh, Frank Isola here in Hour 1. We'll certainly be talking with him about the decision to bench Eli Manning. He's been covering Eli for a long time. He's up in New York right now. John Morosi will join us in Hour 2. If you're a Dodgers fan, everything has been going well, except, uh uh-oh, Kenley Jansen blows another save. If you are a Braves fan, everything's been going well, except, uh uh-oh, couple of consecutive losses to the Phillies. Same thing happening with the Yankees. What's going to happen as we come down the stretch? I believe the Houston Astros become the first team to get to 100 wins. We'll talk about John Morosi with all that. Plus, he's a huge Michigan Wolverine fan. How optimistic is he as his team prepares to go into Camp Randall and play Wisconsin? And then in Hour 3, Dr. David Chow. He came on with us Monday to talk about the latest in Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees, but there are a lot of injury-related situations from both a gambling and a fantasy perspective that a lot of you care about. Dr. Chow will be with us in Hour 3. So that is where we are headed. I'm curious of the crew, will everybody watch Thursday night football given the fact that it is Titans-Jags? Will you be watching, Danny G? Yeah, no matter who's playing, I'm watching NFL football. All right, so what's your expectation in this one? Well, it kind of stinks because even though I will be watching Monday night, the TV network got ripped off with no Sam Darnold. Tonight, no Nick Foles. So would have been a much better matchup with Foles versus Mariota, or maybe, in your opinion, Foles versus Tannehill. Uh, But last Thursday, I predicted a bounce-back game for Jameis, which it kind of was, but I took the Panthers, which was wrong. Tonight, Mariota, I think he'll have a bounce-back game as well. So I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. I think the road team wins tonight. Mariota's going to look better. Derrick Henry is going to run wild. And I know you love to hear about our fantasy teams. Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook are my two fantasy running backs. That's a pretty good tandem. Yeah, so I am hoping that Derrick Henry just goes off tonight. Yeah, you know, it it is a little bit interesting to think about what could happen in terms of Mariota. Um, But with all the injuries that have been going on, even if you're not happy with your starting quarterback in the NFL, if your starting quarterback in the NFL is still healthy, 
I feel like you kind of have to be happy with that uh, because there are so many guys that are already out that if your guy just kind of it's like survive in advance right now in the NFL. It's it, you just want to keep your guy upright. Uh, that in and of itself is a uh, is a, is a pretty intriguing storyline. What about you, Dub? Will you be watching? I will absolutely be watching, and I, I kind of disagree with Danny G. I think Gardner Minshew is a bigger draw than Nick Foles. Yeah, I, mean, the I guy's think there's got, an argument for that. I, I, I think he's got a lot of personality. We all saw his outfit that he was rocking coming off the plane last week. He was uh, he was looking very, very nice in that uh, old uh, retro outfit. But, I mean, I, I kind of like the Jags here in this spot because I don't think they've given up on the season. I think Minshew could break out one of these next few weeks, and Every single team in this division could very well be one and two at the end of this week. We got the Colts playing a good Falcons team, and we got the Texans, their three-point underdogs, at the Chargers. So I don't think the Jags have given up on the season at all, and I think they're going to be out here looking for a little revenge from last year against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, look, I think that both these teams, are the, the, the game plan is going to be pretty simple. I think that the Titans are going to say, okay, we got to stack the line and stop Leonard Fournette. And I think the Jags are going to say we got to stack the line and stop Derrick Henry. And if Marcus Mariota can't outduel Gardner Minshew in his fifth year, Marcus Mariota in his contract year when he's being paid twenty million dollars a year, I think that's an ominous sign. I think that's a really, really ominous sign. So I think ultimately it's going to come down to Mariota versus Minshew, uh, and that's why I think the Titans will win. But if they don't, then I, I think there are going to be a lot more questions about the Titans than there will be about the Jags, honestly. Do you guys agree with me that it's really strange that Jalen Ramsey's playing? I mean, just think of it this way. I mean, right now, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars have a very valuable asset, right? Jalen Ramsey is insanely valuable on the trade market. There are lots of teams that would be willing, I believe, to give you a first-round pick for him. If he tears his ACL or if he goes out and he gets injured, then that valuable asset that you have becomes value less. I think it's crazy that the Jags are playing him. I also think it's crazy that nobody else is pointing this out. Doesn't that seem wild to you guys that you would decide? They have almost nothing to gain by playing him because he's not going to be on the team, it doesn't appear, in the weeks and months ahead. And they're trying to get the most value that they can for him. Why would you put him out on the field and risk that? Danny, I mean, uh, Eddie Garcia, am I crazy? Or does that make sense to you? This asset that the Jags have could go to a value of zero if he gets hurt in a game that, frankly, he doesn't care about at all and probably won't play that well in. I can't imagine that his preparation has been fantastic. Now, maybe you don't have to prepare that much because it's a, a division game and you feel like you know exactly what to expect going in. But am I crazy, or does that seem like a really bad idea purely from a business perspective? I, I would say that's the opposite of crazy. That's logical. It makes sense. Uh, why would you risk the asset, uh, as you said, to get injured, and then you can you cannot trade him, and you're playing a guy who doesn't want to play for you? So, I mean, maybe he says he's going to be a pro and he's going to do all the right things, but in the end, he's on the field and he says he doesn't want to play for your team. And moreover, as you said, the injury issue – I would not play him. Yeah, and let's think about this. If Derrick Henry's in the open field and he's running towards Jalen Ramsey, is Jalen Ramsey really going to go try to tackle him <laughs> and put the rest of his career uh, with the Jags? Maybe he gets stuck there if he dives and makes it, gets injured, gets run over by Derrick Henry, or is he going to be like, "All right, that's somebody else's responsibility." I just, I, I, I it, it, it boggles my mind that you would decide to play him. What do you expect to see tonight, Eddie? I expect to see the Titans win uh, and probably not a great football game. Are you going to watch? I'll watch. Yeah. 
I mean, is there any Thursday night football game that could come on that you guys would be like, I'm not going to watch? If it's late in the year and it's two bad teams with bad records and it's not important, it's not a relevant game, I probably wouldn't watch. Now, yeah. when you made that decision, you're a married guy. Would you make that decision and like try to convince your wife that you're choosing to spend time with her even though it's a really bad game? Your wife's a fan, so she <laughs> might get her. there. That's the play, I think, where like if you're out there right now and you're not really that interested in Jags-Titans, the way to spin this especially if your wife or your girlfriend is not listening right now, is that you have decided to give her the time and that football, you know, is you love football, but it's really not that important. She's so much more important because that will build you up goodwill for later in the season when there's actually games that you're excited about watching. Well, unfortunately, as you alluded to, my wife's a huge football fan. Yeah, she, you guys she's smarter than that. She, yeah, yes. she knows what a crappy game is. She would know that I, I was trying to get one over on her. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Roberto? Are you watching? I like football, but I like J-Lo's booty better. So I think I'm going to go watch that her movie today. Oh, this the stripper movie? Yeah. What's that thing called? Is it called Hustler, Strippers? Hustlers. Hustlers. I knew it was something like that. Yeah, I'm actually curious. They said that J-Lo might get an Oscar for that or get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, definitely. Go watch that booty tonight. Yeah, that's not a bad play. <laughs> I'd actually like to watch that movie too. Uh, all right, that's where we are. So did anybody ever you, – you like the Jags, Dub. Everybody else thinks the Titans are going to win – probably cover because this line's not that substantial it'll be relatively hard for the titans to win and not cover be sure to catch live editions of outkick the coverage with clay travis weekdays at 6 a.m eastern 3 a.m pacific hey it's jonas knox and you know o'reilly auto parts you know o o o o'reilly who are in the business of keeping your car on the road o'reilly auto parts offer friendly helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs they've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock either in store or online so you never have to worry if you're in a jam the team at o'reilly auto parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car if it needs to be replaced they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!
What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be this is a confidence show. As always, we bring in now Frank Isola. You can watch him on Around the Horn. You can read him at The Athletic. You can listen to him at Sirius XM. Frank, we got to start. You're up in New York. How, what is the reaction and how surprised were you that already, as we get ready for week three, that it is now the Daniel Jones era and Eli Manning's tenure as the Giants starting quarterback is over? The great play, Travis. You know, it's a lot quicker than I thought it was going to be. I think when they drafted him, especially drafting him that high. And then John Mara, if you remember right, you know, at some point in training camp, he said, you know, hopefully Eli has a great year and Daniel Jones never sees the field this season. But I think the Giants knew at some point. I, I figured by maybe week five, six, seven, like right around there, I'm, I'm kind of surprised it happened this quickly. But I still say this, you know, Ben McAdoo got killed, the, the head coach. He didn't do a good job. But two years ago, you know, he wanted to take Eli Manning out of the lineup and try something else. I, I kind of think that Eli, it was just about done back then. But you know this. One of the hardest things to do is to kind of replace a legend. It happened with the Yankees. I, I understand Derek Jeter had a hit in his last game at Yankee Stadium and then had a last hit, had a hit in his last ever at bat at Fenway. But that year was not difficult. Like, you know, he was batting either, I think it was first or second. He wasn't doing well. They wanted to drop him down, but Joe Girardi didn't really want to mess with him. And it never, a lot of times with legendary players, and I covered Patrick Ewing here in New York, a lot of times it doesn't end well. And clearly that's the case right here with Eli Manning. Do you think Eli stays any beyond this year? Do you think there's any possibility the Giants release him and let him see if there's any marketplace for his idea, for his talents out there? How does this season end? Yeah, I wonder, too. I have a funny feeling that could be the case, that he could play somewhere else. You know, what happened with his brother, obviously, was a little bit in a similar situation, right? Because they were 
going to get a high pick. They were going to get Andrew Luck, and they figured let's move on from Peyton Manning, who still wanted to play. And something tells me that Eli Manning wants to play. Now, I know he has put down roots here. He has a bunch of kids. He, you know, he moved from Hoboken, New Jersey, out to the suburbs somewhere. Like, could, his, could some family things have something to do with that? But something tells me that he wants to play. And you know this too, Clay. I think a lot of these great players, they don't want to go out like that. I don't think Eli Manning wants to go out having played, you know, two, you know, having lost two games and pulled from the starting line. But I would think that this summer there might be a team out there that, you know, thinks it's on the verge of winning, similar to what Denver was, and maybe take a run at him. But let's be fair also, he has not played that well the last few years. No, there's no doubt he hasn't played very well the last few years. Now, you've covered Eli for a long time. In your mind, is there any doubt whether he is a Hall of Famer? Should he be a Hall of Famer? You know, with the Hall of Fame, it's always weird. Like, I was you know, thinking about, like, for example, the NBA Hall of Fame, where, like, to me, it's I almost feel like it should be Jordan, Magic, Bird, Will Chamberlain, Kareem, and maybe that's it. And everyone else, no one else should be in the Hall of Fame, where they let kind of anybody, everybody in. I think the NFL is like that. I do believe that you can have a great career and not be a Hall of Famer. I think that's kind of the case with Eli. I definitely think he's going into the Hall of Fame. But, you know, when you do look at the regular season, but what's going to happen, Clay, you know, the winning two Super Bowls, which is huge, that has to count for something. But the whole thing with Super Bowl MVP, remember the media votes for that. That's kind of a subjective award. Like, I would have given it to David Tyree. He's the one that made the remarkable catch that one year against the Patriots. So I, I do think he's going in. But if he doesn't, I don't think, it, you know, it doesn't, to me, diminish his career that much. He, he's had a great career. He won two Super Bowls. But you look at the numbers in the regular season the last few years, they haven't really been there. What would have happened if Eli, after he won the second Super Bowl, had just decided to retire? Uh, would he would he be in uh, up there in the pantheon of greatest New York athletes? Because people <laughs> would have thought oh, this guy walked away at the absolute peak. He would have won us a couple of more Super Bowls. Man, we really miss Eli. I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I also think I'd be saying, telling you right now, he's definitely a surefire Hall of Fame. Yeah, he right. Out on top. He would have come back. There was a chance maybe they would have won one more. Well, remember this, though. You know, Michael Jordan did that. Yeah. You know, he, he walked away. Then he came back. But like everyone loved Michael Jordan so much as a player that we conveniently forget that when he came back and was with the Wizards, even though he wasn't terrible back then, but it wasn't kind of that same storybook ending that we all like. But I definitely think there is something to that where Eli Manning had walked away. But he loves to play. That's the one thing about the guy. He's a competitor. He handles everything really well. He didn't handle the benching a couple of years ago for Ben McAdoo that great. Everyone seems to conveniently forget that he kind of whined about that and that created a little bit of drama. But, you know, I would say 99% of the time, being on the Giants, he's handling himself like a pro, and he's been a great team leader. So what's the vibe on Daniel Jones now that uh, that he is coming in? And again, I think the irony here is that David Cutcliffe was the head coach of Eli Manning, and he was also the head coach of Daniel Jones. So what kind of vibe have you gotten on the relationship between these two guys? Do you think they like each other? I understand there's a competitive element there. Uh, but also uh, they, they could have some things in common given the fact that they, they share a mentor in, in Cutcliffe. Let, let's assume that the Giants don't cut Eli loose and that he's then there standing on the sideline holding the clipboard, which, by the way, 
the most Eli and Giants move imaginable would be that Daniel Jones comes in and he immediately gets injured in the first quarter and then Eli comes <laughs> right back in, right? And, and Daniel Jones is out for like the next seven or eight weeks. And uh, I mean, and it's certainly the way the NFL quarterback position has gone in the first two weeks, any starting quarterback getting injured wouldn't surprise people. But wouldn't that be like the perfect Eli story? I mean, they finally turn the page. Daniel Jones is going to come in. And then he gets, you know, a broken collarbone like uh, like Nick Foles did in the first quarter of the first game he's starting. Well, you know, your scenario is not that ridiculous considering the way the quarterbacks yes. are going down. And in fact, I just saw that hit that Jamal Adams had on Baker Mayfield, which probably wasn't a dirty hit, even though he got fired on it. So the quarterbacks are still getting hit pretty hard by guys. So that's not the craziest thing. You know, about a month ago, I think it was, there's a restaurant that I go to less than five miles from my house. And I was there with my family, and the table next to me was Eli Manning and the three other quarterbacks on the team at the time. It was Daniel Jones, uh, Kyle Oletta, and I think the other guy's name is Alex Tanney. They were all there eating dinner. Eli had taken them all out. They looked like they were having a good time. And I think, you know, for Eli, Eli knew the minute you draft a guy that high, Eli knows that they're drafting him that high to eventually replace him. I think he's smart enough to realize that, you know, if they weren't going to win, it was going to happen sooner than later. Again, I think after two weeks, I thought that was – pretty quick but i i think eli will be good with daniel jones i think the way the fans view it i think the fans are kind of ready for a change i think if you go back to draft night probably no player was treated worse than daniel jones you know the fans are allowed to do whatever they want they're allowed to boo and cheer any pick they want but i thought daniel jones got booed but if you think about the two high profile players that were drafted out of duke you know last spring daniel jones and zion williamson the more hype guy has been zion williamson the guy who had the better summer was Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones actually got out there and performed and did pretty well. Zion Williamson played nine minutes and didn't do anything. But if if you go back to the preseason, Clay, I thought it was interesting. The first game that Daniel Jones played, he played one series, and you know all the plays are scripted. It was somewhat conservative. They took him right out of the game. He didn't play that much. It's almost like the Giants were looking to build up his confidence and almost looking to get the fans off his back a little bit. So it's going to be different now. It's live action. Uh, you know, you're going to be playing in starters all the time. But I think the fans kind of believe that it's time for a change. What about the Jets? Um, the Jets come in with Sam Darnold the year two. They got Le'Veon Bell. They, they go out and get C.J. Mosley. They've made a lot of different moves that people seem to be excited about. And then, I, I mean, they're almost unwatchable. That's how bad they are. And they now are, whatever it is, I think a 22-and-a-half-point underdog, which is unheard of in the NFL going on the road against the Patriots. I mean, are the Jets done? Is there any reason at all to pay attention to their season other than maybe Sam Darnold comes back and you get somewhat of a read on him? But even if, I mean, he's going to play 10 or 11 games at most this year, it seems like it's just kind of a wasted season. Yeah, and to your point, I thought that, I thought that game on Monday night was so boring. And the Browns, like, kind of quietly got away with having not really that great of a game against a bad Correct. team with you know, basically their entire team. Silent. You know, the Sam Darnold thing, you know, he kind of, you know, you, you've talked about this before about the New York market and quarterbacks. You know, the New York market has kind of been pretty kind to Sam Darnold. He hasn't been great so far. The Jets, uh, you know, the Jets have only won four games that he has started. And I, who knows when he's going to come back. And this, you know, they're certainly going to lose this weekend. You know, on opening week, the big thing was CJ Mosley going out. He got hurt. They were up 16 nothing at the time. And no one, you know, the one thing about the, the start of this football season, nobody's talking about it is the play of Josh Allen. He's actually played pretty well. I get that he had a couple of bad turnovers in week one, but he's done well for himself. Now, I do think he might get himself killed because he runs all the time, 
but he's actually done pretty well. And uh, for the Jets, I think it's, you know, there's a saying in New York, same old Jets. It certainly applies already. Are you going to watch Titans-Jags tonight? Definitely. Definitely. I want to see uh, Jalen Ramsey, who's all about the team. Now, do you, know, do you agree with me? Even this though he is, wants to be traded. <laughs> this, to me, is crazy. Jalen Ramsey is worth a first-round pick right now, right? Yep. Why in the world, if you have that asset and you are currently shopping him and you're taking bids and you're considering a bunch of different potential destinations for him, would you play him on Thursday night when all that can happen is his value can decline? This to me, if if I were a Jags fan, I understand the desire. You don't want to be 0-3. You want to win a game, all those things. But if you know that you're moving him and that's the reports and it seems clear that he's not going to be there, certainly you wouldn't think by week four. Why in the world would you play him where with certainly with the injury situations that are going on, if he went out, for instance, and tore an ACL, then your ability to trade him is insanely diminished. And then next year you owe him thirteen million dollars as the you know, you pick up the option on the fifth year of his deal. And it also makes it difficult to trade him because then you're going to have, like right now, let me just, and I'm going to talk about this some more in the show because I think it's wild. Right now, you have the ability to trade him and he doesn't cost a team very much for this year because he's still under his rookie contract. Next year, he's going to make $13.7 million, and you're probably going to have to redo his deal and sign him to a big long-term extension. But if he tears his ACL, I don't know how many teams would be willing to trade for him for next season on $13 million because he might not come back 100% healthy and then he's going to want a massive deal on top of that. Like, this seems crazy to me to play him. Well, if he tears his ACL, I'm definitely not trading for him. To me, that's a a game changer. I do think you do have old school Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone there and I wonder if a little bit of it has to, I think maybe Tom Coughlin's being stubborn on this one. I wonder if it's factoring in well, we just can't have guys after one game coming up and saying they want to be traded, and then the next day we trade them. I, I, I bet that has something to do with it. But let me ask you this. What did you make of Jalen Ramsey? I thought it was funny. He wants to be traded. The story gets out. And then, of course, he has to be the victim where we didn't leak it out. Yeah. We, yeah. We're, we're not the ones that leaked All right, whatever. Whoever leaked it out, you still asked to be traded. Yeah, that's, it's that's still true. The story is. Yeah. He, he was turning it into the leak. He wanted to make the story all about the leak. No, 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 no. The story is that you want to be traded. You're the one that wants to be traded. Yeah, you and your agent not leaking the story. It's like, I don't want to be a distraction. Well, it's kind of a distraction exactly. if, if you are being traded um, in, in after the second week of the season because you got into an argument with the coach on the sideline about whether or not he was going to challenge a pass or uh, whether or not a catch happened. So, uh, so yeah, I, I did think that was pretty funny in the, in the, in the press conference, like, like he's trying to play the, the big – I also wonder what kind of reception he's going to get. Like, if you're in Jacksonville tonight – and your linchpin defensive player, the guy who may be the best corner in the NFL, has basically said, yeah, I can't continue to play here. Like, Is he going to get booed? I wouldn't be happy if I were an, a, play, uh, a fan, a season ticket holder, showing up to watch the Jags play, and the best player on our team has said, hey, I want out of here. I don't want to have anything to do with this team anymore. You know, There was that pass by Blake Bortles a few years ago. It wasn't in the AFC Championship game where – Right at the last second, the defender on the Patriots deflected. If not, they might go on to win that game. They go to the Super Bowl, and everyone looks at Doug Marone and the Jaguars a little bit differently. I think it might be mixed because I bet you there's a lot of fans who are thinking about this coach. What is he doing? He's, he's not a good coach, and now he's trying to run our best player off the team. I, I think some fans will be like that. I think other fans will be like, look at this guy. He's not even loyal to the team. He has one bad moment, and already he's trying to uh, you know leave the team because now we're 2-0. and I, I think 
I, I think it's going to be mixed. All right, last question for you. How would you handle Antonio Brown? You're up in New York City. That's where the NFL headquarters are. Roger Goodell, at some point in time, is going to get put on his desk a report uh, whether or not Antonio Brown uh, cooperates in this investigation, we don't know. But reports are that this Antonio Brown accuser, Brittany Taylor, I believe is her name, that she met for 10-plus hours with NFL investigators. Here's the two options that I see. One, uh, you can suspend Antonio Brown because you believe her story is compelling. You believe she's telling the truth. If you suspend him, you might only have authority to suspend him for six or eight games. A lot of people are going to say, my God, if you think he raped her, how in the world are you only going to have him miss six games? The other option is you might have to say we don't believe her. We're not going to give Antonio Brown any punishment at all. That is an awkward situation too. I think the NFL is painted into a corner. I don't see any good options for Roger Goodell. Do you? Yeah, they should hire Clay Travis on retainer. I I, I tend to think that they're going to look at this, and you know, and we saw that story in Sports Illustrated where you know Antonio Brown, you know, clearly not probably the not a good guy. dude. Yes, now. And doesn't pay anybody, and I think that they probably look at it as probably a relationship that clearly turned uh, bad. Maybe there was nothing illegal that happened. Then she wanted money. That was if he if he's not giving a chef thirty eight thousand dollars, he's not giving her two million. Yeah, that's for darn sure. So I I get the feeling that the league knows that Antonio Brown's a bad apple, but I think without a criminal investigation, I still think it's going to be his word against her word. The fact that there was talk. About a settlement, I think that might, you know, that probably doesn't work in her favor. And let's remember this. We know how these stories go, Clay. It's still Antonio Brown. Yes, I'm not trying to diminish the story. It's not a big It's not a big deal. But notice now that he's played one week, the story has kind of died down a little bit now. Yeah, it's it not, is. Because last week was a big thing. And it's almost like the NFL was putting on the Patriots. And Bill Belichick, if, if Bill Belichick feels like a player's eligible to play and he could help us. Bill Belichick said, you know what? You're going out there and you're playing. Outstanding stuff as always, Frank Isola. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the game tonight and uh, we'll see how, what happens. Thanks, bud. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You just heard me with uh, Frank Isola sketching out the difficulty that Roger Goodell is going to face as this investigation into Antonio Brown is taking place. And I think there are two different paths that Roger Goodell is going to have to be able to follow when he gets this investigative report. Path one is going to say, yes, we believe Antonio Brown behaved inappropriately, may well have raped this woman, and we find her story to be credible, and therefore we are recommending a suspension. If that occurs, what in the world does Roger Goodell do? Because if you suspend Antonio Brown for six games for rape, then I think everybody out there is going to say, oh my God, Tom Brady got four games for deflating a football and Antonio Brown gets six games for rape. That's an awful look for the NFL. Doing the investigation in and of itself is an awful look for the NFL, but that's one option right? The other option is that they come back and they say, we don't believe that her story is credible. We think this was a consensual relationship. What do you do then? Because then you're not believing the woman and the NFL, which has been criticized for the way that it's responded to domestic violence, is now taking the side of a star athlete over a woman who alleges that she was his victim. I think the solution here is likely going to be 
This is my prediction. Roger Goodell over-suspends Antonio Brown, suspends him for the rest of the year, and says, you've got to sue me in order to be able to play. Because I don't think that Roger Goodell has the authority under the personal conduct policy to suspend Antonio Brown for the rest of the year. But I think Roger Goodell is going to be so afraid of getting Ray Rice, in other words, of under-suspending Antonio Brown and the blowback coming onto him and threatening his power and his tenure and his legitimacy as NFL commissioner that he's going to go outside the scope of his authority and suspend Antonio Brown for way longer, the rest of the year potentially, and then make Antonio Brown sue him to be able to play football. Because otherwise, the suspension is not going to be severe enough, and then the story moves from, did Antonio Brown commit a sexual assault, to, does Roger Goodell have the authority to suspend Antonio Brown for as long as he did, and the story is not about the inefficiency or the insufficiency of the suspension, and it's all about does Roger Goodell's commissioner's powers extend to this level? What do you think about that theory? That's the advice I would give, assuming that this investigative report comes back and they say we think that her it's more likely than not that this happened and that she did not consent and that this was a sexual assault. What do you think about that advice? It's the advice I would give him in terms of how to protect the NFL. They shouldn't be doing the personal conduct policy investigations. They shouldn't be doing the personal conduct policy at all. But that, I think, is a solution that protects the shield and protects the league from the blowback if the suspension is not severe enough. You buy into this, Danny G? Yeah, I am. Because the way they've put themselves in a corner, I think that is the only solution. Right? I mean, is to say that they believe her to suspend him and then a court get in, gets involved and says, wait a minute, Roger Goodell could actually only suspend him for six or eight games. And then we go through all the court proceedings and everything else. And maybe Antonio Brown gets to come back. Maybe he does not. And by the way, I don't know when this ruling will come down. I don't know if Antonio Brown is going to cooperate with the investigation. If he doesn't cooperate with the investigation, that gives Roger Goodell a little bit easier of an out because he can say, hey, he's obligated to cooperate uh, as part of his contract. He did not do it. Therefore, we have no other other, uh, recourse but to believe this woman's story. And therefore, I'm suspending Antonio Brown for a substantial amount of games. This is going to be a powder keg. I think, before all is said and done. It's died down a little bit, as Frank Isola was just saying, because Antonio Brown played down in Miami. He got a touchdown. But this thing is going to blip back up in a big way, and I think it's going to explode. And the question is going to be who gets caught in the explosion, the NFL, Antonio Brown, uh, or, unfortunately, this woman uh, as well. It's going to be a mess. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trips of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be
Tonight, the NFL Week 3 returns. The Titans traveling to Jacksonville. The Jags around a two-point home underdog as the Titans come calling. Derrick Henry going back near home. He's dominated and owned the Jags the last eight games. Titans have been 6-2 and two against the Jags, 6-2 and two against the number as well. Uh, the big drama, I would say, associated with this game, maybe twofold. Uh, one, what in the world's going to happen with Jalen Ramsey? Uh, is he going to play tonight? Will he potentially be traded? Why in the world would the Jags play him at all, considering the only thing that can happen is their high-value first-round draft pick asset if he were, for instance, to tear his ACL or break a leg or have something bad happen that impacts his ability to play for the rest of the year, then the Jags have no value, and they don't get to use him at all either. So it seems to me this is a high-risk, low-reward proposition for the Jacksonville Jaguars to be playing him even when uh, they are trying to move him. All they're doing is risking his value as an asset for their business going forward. doesn't make sense to me. Uh, The other big story I would say that's out there is Marcus Mariota didn't play well in Week 2. Titans choked away an opportunity to get to 2-0 with a two-point loss at home to the Indianapolis Colts. The Titans really have to win this game. So the the Jags, I think, even for Jags fans, they would acknowledge, have limited to no chance to be in the playoff race in the long run. The Titans do, uh, but this is a must-win football game for them coming off of the poor performance in Week 2 in the division. Nobody wants to start off 0-2 in the division. One of these teams will be 0-2 in the division, either the Jags or the Titans, when all is said and done on Thursday night. So we'll be talking about the outcome of this game certainly on this show, uh, but certainly tomorrow morning uh, as we move into the NFL Week 3 action. I've got an interesting question for you, though. Uh, We haven't really talked very much about this, but the state of New York and the state of California and the state of South Carolina are all advancing bills in their state legislature that in theory would allow college athletes to profit off their names and likenesses. And last week, a clip of Tim Tebow went viral where he's defending the existing college uh, mantra in terms of the college system and talking about why it mattered so much to him, why it matters so much to teammates and everything else. And many people disagreed with that on social media, but it got the ongoing discussion of should athletes be paid in college, in particular football and men's basketball players, which are the only two athletes in college that really have value. And so I've got an idea. I want to bring in the crew, and I want you guys to listen to this idea. I want you to tell me if this is genius or insanity. We have this question that arises quite a bit when I have ideas. So I imagine that a huge percentage of our listenership right now used to play EA Sports NCAA college football. You could play all the different college football teams. They didn't have the official names of the players, but they had players whose likenesses very much resembled. They oftentimes wore the same numbers. They had the same attributes, the same uh, power, you know, the same uh, sort of skill rating overall as the actual players did. But because they were amateur, their actual names were not used. The last time that game was produced was 2013. It was a casualty of a lawsuit that was filed, which ended up getting some players compensated for that video game, but it ended the video game as existing. All right? Here is my question. I think the NCAA needs to be somewhat flexible on this names and likenesses related uh, issue. But to me, the way to address it, honestly, is to be flexible 
not to be dogmatic. I also don't think that it makes sense to allow every state out there to put out their own rules about what rules will govern their colleges. So I don't think it's fair for California to say, hey, guys can make money, they can have endorsements, and for it not to be legal in any other state because that would theoretically give an advantage to UCLA, Stanford, Cal, all the different schools in California. And I also don't think it would be fair if, for instance, the state of Alabama said, hey, we love college football more than any state in the nation, and that's true if you look at television ratings. And as a result, we're going to say, you get all the benefits of a scholarship to play football for us, but also every player at Alabama and Auburn gets $100,000. By the way, that might be less than they actually make to play at Alabama and Auburn now, but let's presume that they're getting nothing at all. That would not be fair because if you were recruiting in another state, you would say, wait a minute, why does Alabama get to play, pay all of their players $100,000 in addition to giving them a scholarship? So you don't want state legislatures and politicians involved in trying to set the rules by which we play college sports I don't think that's a good idea but I do think that there is a substantial dollar figure out there that is not being tapped right now and this is a big deal for me because I think about uh, life in, in I think there are two different ways to think about life many different ways to think about life but in this particular arena there's two different ways to think about life there are two kinds of people when it comes to uh, to business right there are people out there who believe that everything is a zero sum. In other words, in order for you to succeed, you have to take from somebody else. This, to me, is a very East Coast mindset. If your kid's going to get into this college, then somebody else's kid is not going to get into this college. There's a pie, and the pie's not growing, and whatever slice of that pie you get is something that you're taking away from somebody else. That's a very East Coast mindset. In my experience, having lived on the East Coast, that is the mindset that governs on the East Coast. It's competitive, but it's competitive in a way where in order for you to succeed, you have to take something from somebody else. The other mindset, which I think is the one that I embrace and I see the world through is, why don't we just make a bigger pie? Instead of trying to fight over this slice of pie that is not changing and it already exists and I want more of it because I'm still hungry and you want more and we're going to fight to the death over it, the way I think is let's make a bigger pie. And this would be to me the way the West Coast thinks. It's not that the West Coast is not competitive like the East Coast. It's that the West Coast is trying to think about growing things That's kind of the whole purpose of Silicon Valley, right? Creative destruction. We might kill this business, but we're going to build a bigger business around it. And so I am a guy who tries to think of things in terms of growing the pie. Instead of trying to take somebody else's slice, which is, I think, the the, the mindset that dominates on the East Coast, I want to be on the West Coast and think, let's think bigger. Let's try to create new opportunity instead of just trying to fight over the same opportunity we already knew existed. And so with that mindset in your thought process here, tell me what you think about this. Why wouldn't it make sense for the NCAA for once in their life to be forward thinking and to decide to bring back this video game 
this college football video game, to take it out to all the different video game companies and say, we got a couple of ideas for how you can make money with us. Either we pay you a set fee to develop this game and we take all the profits and we give all those profits to the college athletes in exchange for using their names and likenesses in this video game, which we will primarily sell digitally because we know people are desperate to get this video game again. And we'll let all the kids, all the scholarship athletes in every FBS school who's going to be in this game be able to equally participate in it. Or you take the risk of building this game and you can make all the money on the premium add-ons. If you got kids, or maybe you play yourself, you know that Fortnite, for instance, is a free game. Anybody can go download Fortnite. The way they make all the money on Fortnite is by add-ons. You know, you buy a new battle axe. You buy a new, I think they call it skin, right? Like what you look like. All of those things are insanely valuable. Fortnite has made billions of dollars off of that. The point here is all of the profits that derive from this video game that the NCAA member institutions would otherwise receive go straight to the college kids who were in the video game. The kids get their name, their likeness, their skill level, just like it's Madden. They would think, I think it's badass. If for some reason you don't want to be included in this new college football video game, you sign a form and you're out. You don't want your name and your likeness in it, boom, you can withdraw from it. You don't have to do it. And then you could, if this thing goes well, like I think it would, every single player could get up to $10,000 just from being in a video game per year. I think it's genius. It's also a good pilot program which would allow the NCAA to test this names and likenesses aspect because here's the deal. I don't think you want individual players out there trying to sign endorsement contracts with car dealerships. First of all, you can't use, for instance, the school logo. It's it's a lot of complexity. But I do think if you took the money that exists out there in the names and likenesses universe and you put it all into a big pool and you distributed it evenly to all of the scholarship athletes in that sport or in that conference, however you wanted to structure it, I think it could make a ton of sense. All right, I want to bring in the crew and get your immediate reaction to this idea. And I wrote about it. If you're curious and you want to go read about it, I wrote about it. It's the lead article up right now on outkick.com, outkickthecoverage.com, the website that I run. What's your thoughts on this, Danny G? I like it. I would buy the game. I last played NCAA football back in 2010. Michael Crabtree was on the cover, Texas Tech in the house. And I ran my offense with Mark Sanchez. Loved that game. I would definitely buy it. And I think it is a great way to provide some means for the players. Yeah, Denard Robinson, I believe, was the last cover athlete of NCAA college football game. What about you, Dub? I bet you played this game, even though it had not been around for a while. I miss this game so much. I'm not going to lie. This was like my childhood, playing this game with my buddies. It it probably is uh, my favorite game of all time, and I was absolutely crushed when they decided to discontinue it. But I I love the idea. I mean, anything to get this game back is good with me, and I I agree with you. It gives 
you know, sort of a groundwork for the NCAA to work with in terms of being able to compensate some of these players. Yeah, and, and again, the way that I would think about it is the NCAA, I think, is being very dogmatic and saying we're not going to allow this. But I don't know why they can't be more flexible in their thinking here and use something like this as a pilot program to create value that is already out there in the marketplace. See, I'm a capitalist, right? I understand some people today, it's like, oh, you can't be a capitalist. Cap- like, capitalism is the greatest economic system that has ever been created in the history of the world as it pertains to creating higher standards of living. There has never been, whatever, whatever you want to be as an, uh, from an economics perspective, maybe there will be something that will be created that is better than capitalism. So far, it never has in the history of humanity. So if you want to lift the most people possible out of poverty, capitalism is the best possible system to embrace, all right? It's not without flaws, certainly, but when the flaws are the rich people are getting too rich, it means that they're creating a lot of value, all right? We can talk about the way to distribute money and assets and everything else. That's an interesting conversation. But in terms of just growing the pie, There has never been a better economic system than capitalism. So I am a capitalist. What's surprising to me very oftentimes is that people who are otherwise like me, capitalists, want to embrace this fundamentally anti-capitalistic ethos, which is, oh, the player should not get anything more than a scholarship. Well, why would you not want to grow the pie? Why would you not want to reach out to the marketplace? And here we know, I believe, that there is a huge demand for this video game. Players would like for it to exist. Fans would like for it to exist. It's great advertising for schools. Like, there's no one out there who is opposed, in my opinion, to this video game existing. And so, if there is this market-based demand for a product that features these players, and if the players would love it, and if the fans would love it, why don't you give them what they like? This would be, like, if I were running this and I was the NCAA and I was doing this radio show, this would be like me coming on the radio show during football season and being like, hey, today I'm going to talk about women's track and field for three hours. And you'd be like, why why are you talking about women's track and field? And I was like, well, I'm trying to spend an equal amount of time on every sport all fall. Tomorrow we're going to do men's swimming. You'd be like, well, I'm never listening to that show. Why would you not give me what I want? Talk about football. Talk about football. I'll listen to your show every day for the entire fall. All I'm asking of you is when I hit the radio, when I get my podcast, when I put it on, I want to hear you talk about football. Okay, I'm going to serve the market. We're going to talk football every day on this show all the way through the Super Bowl. My promise to you. It will not be a single day we don't talk football all the way until the Super Bowl is over. That's because I serve the market. I'm a capitalist. I want to serve the largest possible market. I want to make as much money as possible. I want to grow the pie. Why wouldn't the NCAA do the same? Eddie, tell me that this is not a perfect pilot program to try and figure out how to tap into the value in names and likenesses in a way that is still fair to everyone and also lifts everybody who is a scholarship player in major college football. Well, let me first echo the thoughts of uh, Dub and Danny in that I also absolutely love that college football game. As a matter of fact, I still have a PlayStation 3, and I have NCAA football yeah. 10. I still play it yeah. over Madden. I like it. I like, love it that much. Um, as far as the idea goes, 
look, I don't know about paying college athletes per se, but as far as paying them for their likeness and, you know, jerseys that have their numbers and all that kind of stuff, I'm totally for that. I, I, I absolutely am in favor of that. So from that standpoint and, and the video game that we all love, I mean, yeah, I, don't, I, I would love to see it. It's happen. a no-brainer, right? And this is something where if the NCAA did this, people would be like, oh, you know what? This is pretty forward-thinking of the NCAA. The NCAA, but of course, which, that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. But in general, the NCAA is an organization that does not get very favorable publicity. Right, almost everything you hear about the NCAA in the media is negative. This would be something where people would say, "Hey, you know what? Good for them. This is a smart play." Roberto, are you all into? Yeah, it'd be great. But NCAA is not going to let it happen. I mean, that's that's the reason why they got into his. Uh, the lawsuit, right, with Ed O'Bannon was because of the video game? Yeah, that's why they had to cease it. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there are – what happens so often, and this is, this is, I think, not just this debate, but there are so many issues in America today where people are lined up and they're on opposite sides and they want to yell at each other, and they're so fixed into their arguments that the idea of trying to avoid that argument doesn't even occur to them. For instance, I'll give you a good bit of news that I saw yesterday. Uh, The number of abortions in this country, not going to solve abortion for you, don't worry. The number of abortions in this country have been cut in half since 1990. They are at their lowest level since Roe v. Wade became law in the United States in 1973. They have been cut substantially. And the reason why that has happened is because our birth control has gotten better. Uh, our, uh, our, Our overall unintentional pregnancies are down dramatically that is a net massive positive to america right but the people who are pro-choice or the people who are uh who are whatever like whatever side of the abortion debate on you're on you're unlikely to change your mind right my argument would be that the way to get outside of these intractable debates and pay or don't pay college athletes is one of those and just about everybody out there has an opinion on that is to try and move into a new paradigm. Try and avoid the usual arguments and think about ways to be creative and smart and capitalistic and allow the market-based economy to make smart decisions that take us outside of the usual ruts and arguments. And that's what I would argue the idea of this video game represents is an opportunity to say, hey, maybe we could create something that our fans would like and that our players would like that has economic value and serves as a pilot program for how we could create more money using these players' names and likenesses. Because the way that I think right now is we're leaving a lot of money on the table and we have an opportunity to grow the pie. And right now what you're seeing is instead of West Coast thought, and West Coast thought to me is about creative destruction building something new, altering existing paradigms, you're seeing a lot of East Coast thought. And East Coast thought is about, we've got a pie, we already know how much space there is in the pie, if anybody gets anything more, then I get less. I'm not a limited pie guy, all right? I want more pie. I want to create new dynamic opportunities if I'm in this arena And to me, bring the video game back, give the people what they want, and let the players profit off of it. It's a great idea that could be explored and should be explored. Think about it a little bit. Just that's my 
olive branch to the NCAA. You don't even have to pay me anything for it. I'm just trying to make you not be the biggest grumps in all of sports and actually be forward-thinking for a change. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their firestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we are indeed here in the Geico Outkick Studios, joined now, I believe, by John Morosi. You can follow him on Twitter at J-O-N-M-O-R-O-S-I. I believe he is in Cleveland right now where the baseball wildcard race is continuing. Is that true, John? Yes, uh, sources confirm, Clay. You, you've got both both things right. I, I am in Cleveland, uh, and, and I am, in fact, on the line. Uh, we, we've got uh, the Indians and Tigers uh, on uh, Fox tonight um, as, as well as uh, Cubs, Cardinals, uh, depending on your affiliate. But yes, if you're in the uh, the great state of Michigan or Ohio, I can confirm to you for sure you'll be watching our game, uh, Indians and Tigers. All right, we're coming down. I think by next week when we talk with you, we'll basically have everything set. Maybe there'll still be a couple of other questions. I think there's about eight or nine games at most left for every team. How is this self? Is this going to shake itself out in the wild card race, where it seems like there's going to be a lot of drama in the next week? Well, Clay, I agree. We've got a lot of drama to come. And in fact, I think we could see a game 163 potentially in both leagues. Oh, wow. So this, this could be unresolved right till beyond the final buzzer. Because as we speak right now, the Indians are a half game back of the Rays for the second wild card spot. And, and really, the Oakland, I think, I feel confident Oakland will find a way to get it. They've played great baseball of late. But the Indians, uh, they've got one more game with the Tigers tonight. They've really, they've, they have basically been unbeaten against the Tigers this season. So they're, they probably have a good chance to win tonight. And, and I think in general, the Indians, the way they're playing right now, they're not going to fade here. So I, I think that the Rays and the A's both have to, uh, have to really finish strong, I believe, to hold off the Indians for that wild card spot. And then you look at the National League, and, and this is where you could see total chaos, Clay, because there, there is a there is an interweaving going on between the wild card race and the NL Central race, and uh, with the Cubs and the Brewers still somewhat chasing the Cardinals. And oh, by the way, both the Cubs and Brewers have played well enough of late that the Nationals are now in some jeopardy of missing the playoffs. So, so there you could have potentially uh, an all NL Central wild card game or a tiebreaker. There's there's a lot of chaos right now. And, uh, and so I, I would say, Clay, keep your Monday open after the uh, regular season's over because you may have a couple game 163s to watch, which are really some of the best kind of sports television that you get uh, anytime, anywhere, because of all the drama there in a, in a one-game playoff. All right, so who's going to win the AL? Do you like the Yankees or do you like the Astros or do you like somebody coming out that maybe isn't anticipated to be as good as those two teams are? Clay, I, I like the Astros, and, and part of the reason there is their, their pitching is just so good. And, and I know that, that the, the game has changed 
as it relates to how managers handle the, their bullpens and their pitching staffs in the month of October. But I, I look at the way that uh, Verlander is pitched and Cole, and they're both basically pitching at a Cy Young level. And also they've got Zach Greinke and also Wade Miley. Uh, I like their bullpen. It's not as deep as what the Yankees have. But this is where I, I, I think it'll be fascinating, Clay, if, if the Astros and the Yankees meet in the ALCS, because you're going to have one team that's playing kind of the old-school uh, baseball mentality of letting your starters go, and then one team, the Yankees, who will be doing the exact opposite of that, because Aaron Boone has said to Tom Verducci, they're going to really manage that, that bullpen creatively in, in the month of October, and, and really with, with only James Paxton, probably letting him go as, as a traditional starter would. So I, I give a slight edge to the Astros play, it's gonna, but it's going to be very close, very compelling. Of course, Carlos Correa just came back for the Astros last night, so they're getting healthier. John Carlos Stanton just came back for the Yankees last night, so they're getting healthier too. Uh, a lot of really intriguing storylines right now in the American League. Kenley Jansen blows another late-game situation for the, the Dodgers last night. The Dodgers obviously are still in really good shape, but should they be the favorite in the NL, or are you nervous about the bullpen situation? That's an excellent question, Clay. I, I think that the Dodgers are are really starting to be vulnerable in their position as, as the favorite. I think it is just as likely, frankly, that, that the Braves would win the league. Uh, the, the way they've played of late has been very impressive. Uh, I think whoever even wins the wild card game, if it's the Nationals, they'll have a chance. The Cardinals have played pretty good baseball of late, although I, I worry a little bit about their offense. Uh, so I'll say that, that at this point in time, Clay, the Braves' chances to win the, the National League are every bit as good as the Dodgers. And, and perhaps even better, depending on how their rotation performs. I, I still like the, the Dodger rotation better. I, I don't want to be too, uh, you know, too uh, hasty in my assessment of them because they, they really do have a great rotation, and and their their lineup depth is is there as well. But I I, I would say on this day, as I look at it, the, the Braves have every bit as good of a chance to win the league as the Dodgers do, uh, based on their their lineup. I think is is right there with the Dodgers lineup right now. And I like their bull, their bullpen better. Mark Lanson, Shane Green, they've both come over and done an exceptional job. So I, I think that we'll see the Braves uh, giving the Dodgers everything they can handle if, in fact, those teams those two teams meet in the National League Championship Series. We haven't talked at all about this on the show. Uh, obviously, if this happened in the NFL or the NBA, I think we would talk about it a lot. But Felipe Vasquez, uh, Vasquez I mean, this is a crazy story for the Pirates. Uh, he's been arrested uh, and, uh, and 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 charged with uh, with inappropriate relationship with a 13 year old girl. What's the reaction in Major League Baseball to this? Because I do think again, if this were the NBA or the NFL, it would be top of the mind stories here. I think maybe because it's the Pirates, maybe because it's baseball, it's kind of not as big of a story, but it's wild. Well, it's it's certainly extremely troubling, Clay. Uh, the, the allegations here and, and the charges are are horrifying, and uh, I, I think that they have caught the baseball community by surprise. I think there's a lot of disappointment, a lot of uh, just questioning of, of of what's going on here, uh, and I, I think that uh, for the sport, the, the the commissioner's office has reacted as it should. He's been placed on administrative leave. Depending the outcome of the investigation, uh, MLB several years ago has put in place the uh, their their policy on domestic violence and, and sexual abuse. 
um, and, and child abuse to, to be able to let the league investigate uh, matters as, uh, as well as the authorities. And in this case, because of the nature of the charges, MLB, uh, and this is according to Jeff Passan, MLB is allowing the, the, uh, the, the court system to, to play out before they begin their own separate investigation. So, as you know, Clay, this, you know, based, based on your, your legal background, this, this investigation could take some time. This is obviously not something that's going to happen. You get resolved in a, in a week. Um, so, and this, so this, uh, the point there is you've got a player who, uh, who certainly, um, is, is going to be under investigation for a, a, a substantial period of time. I would imagine based on everything that we know at, at this point in time and the allegations are very serious. Obviously we know due process and, and, uh, the presumption of innocence, but but this is obviously a, a very very concerning period of time for for both Major League Baseball and, and the Pittsburgh Pirates as well. Not only that, there are a lot of teams out there that were interested in trading for this guy, and the Pirates held on to him. I mean, in terms of just almost buying yourself a tremendous awful story, there have to be a lot of teams out there, Dodgers included, that just say, "Man, I'm glad we couldn't get this deal worked out because they're in the middle. The Pirates aren't any good." Right, so at least their season ends in a week, and they don't have to, you know, kind of deal with this going forward. There are lots of teams that are going to be playing the postseason in October that could have found themselves in the middle of this. Well, that's exactly right, Clay. And and uh, and had the last day I uh, gone differently, uh, Vasquez could very easily have been pitching for a contender. And the Dodgers, as as you and I talked about during the course of the year. Uh, had spoken with the Pirates about Felipe Vasquez. So uh, this was obviously something that was unknown to the whole baseball world. This, this came as a total shock uh, when the news broke this week. And um, that, there, there have been certainly some, some issues with the Pirates internally, uh, altercation in the clubhouse, a physical fight between Vasquez and, and Kyle Crick uh, in, in recent weeks. So the, the, the Pirates have, have dealt with numerous internal issues here of, of late, but certainly none approaching the magnitude of the allegations right now against Felipe Vasquez. All right, last question for you. Let's leave baseball behind. You are a huge University of Michigan fan. The Wolverines on the road against the Badgers in Wisconsin, Camp Randall Stadium, noon Eastern kickoff on Fox. What do you anticipate? Well, Clay, this, this game to me is going to tell the tale of the, the rest of Michigan's season. Because uh, this is obviously a difficult game that I, be- I believe they're still an underdog now on the road, which yeah. probably should be tough environment uh, against a really quality team in-, in Wisconsin. But all the questions about the offense the first two weeks and, and nearly losing to Army, uh, they- they've had a bye. Michigan has to, to sort things out. Um, Patterson, uh, th- there were thoughts about just was he 100% healthy based on some decisions he made on some RPOs in the second week of the season. This has to be the answer this game. Uh, it's going to have to answer where is the Michigan offense? Where is Harbaugh's comfort level with the new one? How much uh, command of the offense does new offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis have? How healthy is Shea Patterson? Uh, is Dylan McCaffrey a, a legitimate option if Shea is not healthy? I mean, all of these questions are going to have to be answered because, as you know, Clay, this is not Michigan's last tough game. They've got to play Penn State on the road, and, oh, by the way, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, all at home. So they have a lot of difficult games ahead, and if they almost lost to Army, and if they're going to lose to Wisconsin, then the promise of this being a program-changing season for Michigan, finally getting to the Big Ten title game, like those those forecasts will be going by the wayside 
if they cannot find a way to win in Madison and, and win with a competent offensive effort, I believe, this Saturday. Outstanding stuff, as always. We appreciate the time, my man, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. I always enjoy talking with, talking with my friend. This is a great time of year. Uh, can't get any better than college football and the baseball playoffs. Amen. October is the best sports month of the year. We're almost there. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bullet constrictor stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. What you got for me, Danny G? All right, we've talked about mean-ass hippos on Thunderdome before. A fisherman was killed by a hippo in Lake Naivsha in Kenya last week, bringing the total deaths to 11 in that area with hippos. Fishermen and stakeholders near the lake have expressed concerns over the rising number of hippos there, saying that it's time their population is reduced. They're going to start killing them. In the latest case, this fisherman was in the company of a colleague in the lake when the uh, hippo attacked them. During this incident, Clay, which was by Karagita Beach, the colleague managed to escape while the fisherman had his body cut in half by the hippo. Oh, man. At least that was probably pretty fast. When the colleague just takes off. Well, I mean, what are you going to do when a hippo bites you in half? Oh, man. At least it was. Remember, we had that story a while back where, like, the husband and the wife, and like, the husband uh, was okay and the wife was hurt. Yeah. But that was the, that's always been my question. Every time we get one of these hippo stories, I don't know about this one, but like, you go to Africa and you get into a raft and you go on a river filled with hippos, and then the hippo like flips the raft. I mean, I, I, I don't know how much you would have to pay me to get in a in an African river in a floating raft with crocodiles and hippos and everything else. Uh, there's no way I get my kids in there because you know if you're an adult. It's one thing if you make a stupid decision and something bad happens to you, but if you're a parent and you put your kids in a floating raft, like with the hippos around and stuff like that, not happening. Not happening. No, sir. How about if you live there? It's got to be troublesome that the number, the population of these hippos is increasing right there in that Yeah, river. and I don't know. How many times do you think you'd have to shoot a hippo for it to die? <laughs> don't want to find out. Yeah, I mean, I would think a ton, right? I mean, the hippos are huge and they have thick hides. I would think, you know, one bullet or something. It's not like you're going to kill a hippo shooting at one time. Let's go to Australia for the next story here. A fire at a cattle breeding facility caused 100 canisters full of sperm to explode, blanketing the lab and forcing firefighters to dodge projectiles filled with the valuable cattle <laughs> semen. Oh, this is man. a true story. The Yarram Herd Services building, located in the Gippsland region of Australia, burst into flames Monday morning. The blaze quickly took the structure out and destroyed the cryogenic canisters that were filled with semen, reports ABC Australia. It took 10 fire crews nearly two hours to put the blaze out. The liquid inside the cylinders was rapidly expanding, and essentially the lids of the cryogenic cylinders were just popping off the top, and projectiles were being thrown from the building, Country Fire Authority Gippsland Commander Chris Loken Coley told ABC. He also says that this forced firefighters to go into a defensive mode to protect both themselves and the neighboring community, adding, they did a magnificent job. So here's the thing about this Yarram Herd Services. They say, yeah, it's not a laughing matter because each canister is worth between $350 and $700. 
and this cattle it's semen inside. Shot, literally, huh? <laughs> yes. Uh, expensive. Yar- Yarum Herd Services Committee Vice Chairman Aaron Thomas told ABC, listen to this, I'm not making this up, it's going to be a huge blow, especially to our farmers, he said. Oh, Aaron, Man, could have chose some better words. Firefighter, facials, money shots. I mean, I wouldn't have anticipated this. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I don't know if we have, dang it, we only have 30 seconds. I wanted to tell you about how Florida is looking for 50 brave souls to hunt pythons. Oh, uh, we'll do that at open hour. Okay, three. yeah. Uh, this especially because the- Jacksonville, uh, we, it yes. connects because we got Thursday night football down in Florida. So we got a python story in Florida to start off in hour three as we also talk about what the Jags are going to do against the Titans, Jalen Ramsey, Marcus Mariota, Gardner Minshew, and more. The NFL Week 3 is back, and we just told you one of the wackiest uh, Animal Thunderdome stories of all time. Hope you enjoyed it on your Thursday morning. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Appreciate you spending your Thursday morning with us. The NFL Week 3 officially back underway tonight. The Titans traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. couple of interesting, dramatic uh, elements associated with this. First of all, Jalen Ramsey. What in the world is going to happen with him? Reports are that he's going to play. This doesn't make a lot of sense to me because the Jacksonville Jaguars have an asset in Jalen Ramsey that they're hoping to get at least one first-round draft pick for. If they play him and if he gets hurt, then all of a sudden that asset value goes to nothing and the Jags are left with him and no ability to trade him. And so that looks like an ominous situation to me. Adam Schefter this morning reporting something. It's pretty funny. He said at least one NFL team reached out to the NFL office and said if Jalen Ramsey plays on Thursday, could he also play with us on Sunday? Really funny question. The answer was no. The NFL's uh, collective bargaining agreement only allows a player to play in one game in a week. So that is really funny to think about. If Jalen Ramsey suited up for the Jags on Thursday and then he got traded, let's say, on Friday, could he play for the other team on Sunday? The answer is no. So I wonder, as this game gets closer, could Jacksonville be saying, yes, Jalen Ramsey is going to play for us in an effort to try to drive up his trade value until the last minute, and then they either trade him and he's not on the sideline at all, or at the last minute they hold him out because they realize they don't want to risk this asset value by trotting him out onto the field. And let's say he tore an ACL or broke a leg or had something bad happen in the game, which could certainly happen, then there's no ability for the Jags to trade him And worse than that, the Jags would have to pick up, theoretically, his fifth-year option in order to guarantee they could trade him, 
which would cost them $13.7 million. And so that is the challenging part associated with, uh, with this situation that they find themselves in. In terms of on-the-field game-related details, this is a huge game for the Tennessee Titans coming off of a loss to the Indianapolis Colts if they are going to contend in the AFC South, you don't want to lose your first two division games. Titans are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Marcus Mariota was not good in Week 2. He needs to perform well this season in order to guarantee him a spot on the Tennessee Titans roster going forward. He doesn't have a contract after this year, and so he'd be an unrestricted free agent. The Titans need to see what they can get from him. So far this season, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He was good against the Browns. He was not particularly good against the Colts. He had two opportunities to win this game. Uh, He did not. And so we'll see what happens with Marcus Mariota. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has traditionally dominated the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, because it's his hometown team. Last year, I believe it was a Thursday night game. He went for 220-plus, including a 99-yard touchdown run that totally burst open this game and led to a Titans route. We will see whether Derrick Henry can continue his dominance. On the other side, Gardner Minshew gets his second career start. He played pretty well on the road against the Houston Texans. That game came down to a two-point conversion attempt, which was stopped by the Texans. And so we will see exactly what happens with Gardner Minshew. Also, Leonard Fournette. To me, the, 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 the game plan for both defenses is very simple. They are going to try to stop Leonard Fournette if you're the Titans. You're going to try to stop Derrick Henry if you're the Jags. And you're going to put the onus on both Gardner Minshew and Marcus Mariota to beat you. If Marcus Mariota in year five cannot meet cannot beat Gardner Minshew in his second career start, I think that's ominous for Marcus Mariota's long-term future in this league. So there are a lot of different angles and uh, storylines even if this is not exactly the greatest Thursday night football game ever. It's the third straight year, by the way, that the Titans and the Jags have played in Thursday night football. So those are all of sort of the compelling storylines that are out there as we get ready. If you're out there and you're a gambler, the Titans are a one and a half point favorite. The over-under 39 points, suggesting not a lot of points will be scored, but that this will be a tight contest. And uh, in the last eight, the Titans have gone six and two straight up against the Jags and also six and two against the number. So I am betting on the Titans to reverse course after a poor performance against the Indianapolis Colts and get a win here tonight. But we will see. Uh, It is going to be intriguing for sure uh, to see what happens. How would you guys bet this game? Let's go around the horn. Uh, What do you expect to see, Danny G? And are you surprised that the Jags, in theory, would be playing Jalen Ramsey in this game? Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of a chess match going on here, as you said, because he cannot play for another team if he plays tonight. So, yeah, and the other question I have, really quick for you, Clay, do you think that they are holding on to him tight because one of the reports is they want two first-round picks? So are they even super serious at this point of moving him this week? Well, I, I think once you have uh, it kind of acknowledged that a guy wants to be traded and it's public, I think it's hard to keep him. I understand that you're publicly posturing, you're calling the media and saying, hey, we want two first-round picks because you're trying to drive the price up as high as you possibly can. I can't imagine you would get more than one uh, first-round pick for Jalen Ramsey, particularly because whoever trades for him is going to have to sign him to a big contract. So yeah. you've got to have substantial salary cap room because – the fifth-year option on his rookie contract would be picked up, and it costs $13.7 million. 
And then after that $13.7 million, which you would owe him in year five, I would think he wants, I don't know, what, $15, $16 million a year minimum. So you're probably talking about needing to give him in the neighborhood of $45 million guaranteed in addition to giving up a first-round pick for him. So I can't imagine giving up more than one first-round pick. Now I can see a first-round pick and maybe another player being you know, sort of, uh, yeah. sort of put together as part of that deal. But when I saw the tweet from Adam Schefter that came out early this morning about one team at least inquiring of the NFL office about whether or not Jalen Ramsey could play on Thursday and then also play on Sunday for them, uh, to me this is a little bit of brinksmanship by the Jacksonville Jaguars with Jalen Ramsey saying, okay, we're going to go ahead and play him on Thursday because that would mean that whoever would trade for him would not have access to him this week, whereas – if you got it done today, then you theoretically could uh, have him play Sunday for another team. Now, the challenge here that I see it is, I, I just I don't understand why you would play him. And I understand people saying, well, they're trying to win a football game, all those things. If you know that you are going to trade him, and you know that he's going to cost $13.7 million next year, if he were to go out and he were to get injured, playing in this Thursday night game, which might be the last game that he ever plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars in his career, then his trade value plummets uh, substantially, I think. So I just don't understand how they could make the decision, how the Jags could make the decision to play him in this game. To me, it just seems like a really bad risk. How would you bet this one, Danny G, if you were making a bet? Well, last week I predicted a bounce-back game for Jameis, which was pretty accurate, but I had the Panthers winning a close one, and if Cam had only did that quarterback sneak, yeah, could have got the Panthers' W. So I'm not going to make the same mistake again. I'm going to take the Titans in this one. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is usually the Thursday night game favors the home team because it's a short week because the home team is already not having to worry about travel. There's no uh, added rigmarole to their schedule. They get the advantage of, even though it's a short week, not having to deal with travel. But so far this year, the Thursday night game has been won by both of the road teams. In week one, we saw the Packers go on the road in the NFL kickoff game and beat uh, the, the Bears. And last week, we saw Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go on the road and beat the uh, and beat the Carolina Panthers. So we'll see whether that holds true tonight where the Titans are, like I said, around a one-and-a-half-point favorite, low-level favorite, but still a favorite uh, in this game. Dub, what do you think, and what do you think about the Jalen Ramsey drama? Well, I think as far as the game goes, I'm already on the under 39. The under... Yeah. I like the under uh, the, as well. The last nine times this game has been played in Jacksonville is 7-2. and two. I think this is a 17-14 type game either way. I don't really have a good read on you know which team will be on top. I kind of lean with the Jaguars here. But as far as uh, the Jalen Ramsey situation goes, I, I mean, I see your point in, in where it, it would be just a total you know devastation if he gets hurt and then they lose all of his value. But at the same time, I mean, they are trying to win this game. So I understand why he will be playing. All right, what do you think, Eddie? Yeah, I think just based on the quarterback play, uh, and I'm curious you know, what kind of dissension there is with the Jaguars because of the Jalen Ramsey situation, that I will also take the Titans to win. As far as Ramsey playing, it does, yeah, it seems – an odd choice for the uh, Jaguars uh, with you know the potential of him getting hurt and then he has no trade value. Uh, and plus, you're playing a guy who doesn't want to play for you. Yeah, I agree with all those things. What about you, Roberto? Which way are you going? 
And going with the going with the Jaguars on the under. Jaguars in the under. All right. So uh, we teased it. Now, in addition to the fact that the game is going on Thursday night football in the state of Florida, also, uh, Danny G, we have a Animal Thunderdome yeah. that we did not finish at the end of hour two, which is set in the state of Florida. Yeah, and by the way, I have our latest podcast stats with uh, our, our top cities and states. Florida is number four on our list. So on states, yes. If you're, so, what is the latest? I'm actually curious. So, what? what you want to get lo- to that before the story? Yeah, yeah. Before okay. we get to the data, before we get to the story, what's the data? Where are people downloading? We keep setting new podcast records every month. So, I appreciate all of you who are downloading the podcast. If you're missing part of the show, it's easy. You type in Clay Travis. You t- type in Outkick. And you can go get the whole show, and it's going up within an hour or so. So if we finish at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 6 a.m. Pacific, usually it's up by shortly after 7 a.m. Pacific or uh, shortly after 10 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, and a big thank you to our editing department that's been helping me with that every morning. Um, Okay, so here's the, the rundown. Our new platform, by the way, for podcasting, they give the total listeners in each state, so all the towns together. Yeah. And then I have the top cities as well. So let's go with the states first. Tennessee, number one, no surprise. Texas, number two. California, number three. Florida, number four. Then Alabama, Georgia, Ohio, Indiana, North Carolina, Missouri, Virginia, New York, Mississippi, Michigan, and Illinois. All right, what is that, like the top 15 you yes. just ran through? Yeah, so okay. th- thank you what to about, those top 15. Yeah, all right, what about cities? Cities, Nashville, Houston, Knoxville, Memphis, Dallas, L.A., San Diego, Atlanta, Orlando, Birmingham, San Antonio, and Cincinnati. Interesting. That's top 10? Yes. If you want to get your state or your city propped up, then download and tell your family and friends to download the OutKick podcast. There you go. Boom. All right. So uh, what else have we got there? So, All right. Uh, so Florida, our number four most listened in state. Yes. If you need a part-time job, and uh, Clay, I know you would probably not apply for this job. The state is looking for 50 brave souls to hunt pythons. Oh, this is the worst job ever. (laughs) In like the Florida Everglades? Yeah, the South Florida Water Management District is looking for a few dozen civic-minded individuals to join its python elimination program. This is a real thing. The program works like you might think it would. So authorized citizens go in. They are known as python removal agents, and they're paid by the hour to track and humanely dispatch pythons. I can't think of anything. That's one of the worst (laughs) jobs I can imagine. (laughs) This program started in 2017 to stop the area's non-native Burmese python population from growing. Since the Python elimination program began, more than 2,500 pythons have been sent to the great beyond legally. In fact, it's uh, it's proved so effective that they're petitioning to add 750000 more dollars to the program's funding. We're going to be asking for 50 paid hunters, program director Mike Kirkland told the Fort Myers News Press. It's been a tremendous success, the most successful program in the history of the issue by a wide margin in terms of snakes caught and cost-effectiveness. I mean, more power to those hunters who are willing to to trek around in the Florida Everglades (laughs) trying to catch gigantic snakes. But I honestly, I'm not even kidding about this. I can't really think of a job that I would at least rather have than snake hunter. That's not a good job for you, not even part-time. By the way, in order to be considered, you have to be at least 18, have all your IDs and documentation in order, have no recent criminal history. Removal agents use a GPS tracking app 
to log their time spent hunting and tracking the snakes on public land. Yeah, not ideal. Not <laughs> ideal way. It is like Uber, except you're a snake hunter. That's a good way of putting it. And that is the worst job in America. I, I mean, I don't even know what would be a worse job than that. Because, first of all, it's got to be like 180 degrees. Right. Well, there, the well, I forgot to mention, too, there's bonuses. The program pays extra for snakes measuring more than four feet or for snakes that were sent to the afterlife while guarding snake eggs. So, again, my point here is <laughs> it's got to be like 180 degrees in the Everglades. If you are trying to kill Python, think of all the other animals that you come ar- across or around, right? I mean, there's yeah. tons of deadly animals in the Everglades. I think they have bear. I think they have panther. I certainly have crocodiles and alligators. And then all the other types of deadly snakes, you know, whether it's a rattlesnake, coral snake. I mean, and then the pythons. Like, I just, I can't imagine a worse job. And just think of the bugs. Like, you have to get just just killed by mosquitoes and everything else down there. Not for me. Not for me at all. You have to be one badass to do this job. No doubt. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car if it needs to be replaced they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternate had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at o'reilly auto parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do it yourself and you can find what you need in store or online stop by o'reilly auto parts today or visit them at o'reillyauto.com slash two pros that's o'reillyauto.com slash two pros Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Go ahead and bring in uh, Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc. Be ready to roll with him. Uh, Dr. Chow, appreciate you joining us twice in the same week. Uh, I want to start with this question for you, and, and I don't know if there's any kind of answer out there. Jalen Ramsey, uh, it appears, is going to be traded by the Jacksonville Jaguars. If they play him on this Thursday night game, he's not eligible to play on Sunday, which makes sense. You can only play one game in a week. But also, they are risking his trade value in the event he was hurt. Do you ever look at like the overall odds of a player getting hurt if you were advising a team in a situation like this purely from a business perspective? Does that seem like a good risk-reward to you? Well, that's an interesting question. I think that does come into play if there is a brewing injury, and then that's when the team doctor can add some meaningful information. If Jalen Ramsey or a player is healthy – then it's just an odds game. I mean, you could probably give some advice on if this situation happened a hundred times, what are the chances that it might happen? Uh, But if there's a specific brewing something that he has, then I think it becomes very germane. And by the way, for all the people saying Thursdays are bad, Thursdays are bad, the short rest games have not proven to produce more injuries than uh, the full rest games. And that's kind of fascinating in and of itself, isn't it? Because all the talk would be, oh, this is much more dangerous, but it's not like it's a back-to-back situation in the NBA where there's definitive data that if you play back-to-back games, guys get injured more frequently. We haven't seen a higher rate of injury in Thursday night football, even with the short rest week. We have not. It is definitely harder on players. It is definitely harder on recovery from a Sunday game. Obviously, anyone who gets a concussion on Sunday is not playing on Thursday, period, end of discussion. It's a much harder turnaround 
no question. But it doesn't necessarily produce more injuries statistically. I get why people don't like it. Um, if you, if we have the time, I actually have a solution or cure for that, but that's a whole other topic. Isn't a solution or cure just add another bye week and, and give the guys uh, every week before they play the Thursday night game <laughs> off? Great minds, Clay. I've been yeah. uh, writing about that for five years. Absolutely. Add a second bye week, make it an 18-week season still with 16 games, have a bye in the first and second half of the season for every team, pair off the Thursday night games. It's good for health for rest. It's more revenue. It's another week of slate of games. And it's 11 days before the Thursday and 10 days after. Heck, you could have Wednesday night football if you wanted. I don't understand why that wouldn't happen, right? I mean, that seems like such an easy fix. And I don't I don't know anybody out there who's an NFL fan that would say, oh my God, I'm so disgusted that my team gets two bye weeks instead of one bye week. I mean, most NFL fans are watching games take place regardless. So if anything, all this would do is extend the NFL season and give fans more time to consume NFL regular season content. Yeah, and, and my suggestion to pair that is is uh, take away a bye week, right? Sorry, sorry, take away a preseason game. Yeah, so right. three preseason games, add a second bye. And the only criticisms I've heard so far are some people say, well, you know, they tried that a couple decades ago. Yeah, uh, 20 plus years ago, the NFL wasn't consumed this way. It was very team centric, not league centric, right. fantasy and general interest. So I think no one would miss it. Look, this week there were 10 games at the uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time slot. Can anyone re- really watch and follow 10 games? Would you really notice if it were eight that week? I mean, or if it were an eight week game? Would you really notice if it were seven or six? I mean, uh, there's still plenty of football to watch, and it adds an extra Sunday night game, Monday night game, Thursday game, and it solves this uh, rest issue. And if anything, it increases revenue because the TV is what drives it. Amy Trask, I believe, pointed out that the only people that might bark about this would be the TV uh, networks. But I'm sure they could get through that. Yeah, I think they'd survive. All right, so let's go into the biggest story of the season from an injury perspective and arguably the biggest story of the season from any perspective, the quarterbacks. Um, Let's start with Trevor Simeon. Well, let's start with this question. Is it just statistically random when we have a season where a lot of quarterbacks get hurt and when we have a season when a lot don't get hurt? You've been doing this for a long time. Is there any kind of trend line here? It would seem to me the trend line in general for quarterbacks would be for them to be healthier because of the rule changes. But certainly when you have seven or eight of them going out in the first uh, two weeks of the season, it's going to get a lot of attention. Is there anything we can learn, or is this just a statistical anomaly in your mind to have this many injuries this quickly? Well, a little bit of both. First of all, statistics usually even out over time, and let's hope so. Statistically, half of NFL quarterbacks will not start the, the whole season. We'll get yeah. injured. We're not there yet. We're ahead of schedule, obviously. Uh, that's also counting, let's say, an Andrew Luck that was was it this season was it, or was it not this season, depending on, on how you count it. That's also counting, you know, the very unusual Sam Darnold mono issue. So there's some bad luck there, certainly, uh, that's skewing things. And what also skews our mind is, when it's when it's Drew Brees and Big Ben, right? I mean, you know, uh, Trevor Simeon's was uh, a lot of spotlight on Monday Night Football in a 
horrific-looking uh, injury, and so that garners some attention. But the injuries have garnered a lot of attention because of that. But we'll see. I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, hopefully things will even out. But what is unusual, Clay, about these injuries is statistically the guys that should be getting hurt are the, and I'm not trying to jinx them, they're great athletes and what have you, week one, Deshaun Watson, who had six sacks and took a beating. Week two, Carson Wentz, who took a beating in that game. It's quarterbacks who extend plays and out of the pocket that typically get injured. Trevor Simeon was one of those out of the pocket and typically getting injured. But Big Ben was not. He was just throwing the ball, and there wasn't even contact. Drew Brees was in the pocket and getting injured. So that's what's a little bit unusual. Typically, historically, the quarterbacks that stay healthy, look, uh, Phillip Rivers is 211-plus regular season starts right now. He's not the most mobile guy in the world. He gets rid of the ball, makes the decision early, and stays in the pocket. The rules protect the quarterback in the pocket. So another anomaly this year is Nick Foles was in the pocket. The body weight rule was supposed to protect him, and it didn't. So that's kind of what I see as the anomaly so far. Trevor Simeon had what looked like a nasty injury in the uh, in the game against the Jacksonville uh, – sorry, in the game against the, the Cleveland Browns. How did he not break his ankle? <laughs> you are absolutely correct. Very, very unusual. The way the ankle mortise or the joint is set up, if the ankle dislocates anyhow side to side, there is going to be a fracture for sure. But he was, quote, lucky enough that the force came in a straight line, and so it was like breaking the joint in the right direction, and so the bones did not break. But he tore multiple ligaments in the capsule, and I don't know that this injury is any better than a fracture. In some ways, it's worse, even though there's no bones broken and you know i i joked on twitter like this he must have drank a lot of milk when he was young or something yeah. i mean certainly certainly uh he's lucky in that respect and he's and you know he on my podcast and thank you again for coming on he was my beast of the week i mean how do you walk off after something right. like that that was amazing we're talking to dr david chow at pro football doc uh so i've been told this my whole life i don't know if it's true i, I now that i've got you on it it brings it to mind is it true that sometimes it is worse to have a really bad ankle sprain than to break your ankle in terms of the long-range impact to your ankle in that area? Or is that an old wives' tale or a cliche that is not true at all that I've kind of heard for years in the world of sports? Well, it, it certainly can be. You know, ankle sprains have a wide variety, and the severest forms have some long-term impact. And sometimes, obviously, you know, bad high ankles sometimes need surgery. Trevor Simeon, if you called this an ankle sprain, it really was a dislocation, so to speak, a severe sprain, needs surgery. And there's different varieties of fractures. Would I rather have a, uh, a direct contusion-type fracture in the ankle than this? A hundred percent. Would I rather have a simple fibula fracture, uh, not barring Colt McCoy? I mean, obviously, he's had some complications than what Trevor Simeon had? Absolutely. So it really depends on the exact type of uh, uh, injury, whether it's fracture or sprain. All right, let's go into the game that's going on tonight. Um, I I thought it was a little bit interesting, and and I know you saw it. The Titans put Marcus Mariota on their injury report with a quad, 
and then he practiced and they said, oh, it's not really that significant. You've been around NFL teams. You were a team doctor. Why would you even put it on the injury report at all if it's in your mind, in their mind, is not that significant in general? What does that tell us about his health, potentially his ability to run uh, in this game tonight? Well, it, it tells us the Titans are following the reporting rules to the letter of the law. Um, you know, you're supposed to report injuries, and the NFL seems to be more diligent on uh, quarterbacks when you report injuries. And we've talked about here, Clay, that, uh, you know, I still think the NFL might look into why Big Ben's elbow was not on the injury right. report. I get why it wasn't, because they didn't want to tip off that perhaps he couldn't throw deep and had an issue, whereas Marcus Mariota, you know, they're they're reporting it. And maybe they felt comfortable reporting it because they knew it wasn't going to be a big deal, right? So there's no reason to uh, hide it. And I think he'll be fine. It's a quad contusion. He's He was a half-step slow in practice, but this was a couple days ago. Uh, get some adrenaline going, get loosened up, some good work from the athletic trainers, and I think he's going to be fine anyways. What other injuries in this game tonight do you think could be significant or should people be paying attention to from a fantasy or gambling perspective? Well, you know, we put up the injury index and and, and I'd love for people to check it out at profootballdoc.com and we put up a bunch of injury updates as well. But I have to admit, this week, I don't see, I mean, like, it's not every game that there's actionable stuff related to injuries. That would be ridiculous, right? And in this game, it's, uh, you know, uh, they kind of are both about Bs on offense and defense. We don't see a lot of mismatches. You know, obviously, we still have uh, uh, Gardner Minshew in there, and, and you know, is this the, uh, quote, proverbial third time through the lineup for a new pitcher? I mean, this is his third game playing. Uh, is the league going to catch up to him on film and and uh, and whatever? That's a potential uh, injury thought that's related, obviously, for Nick Foles' clavicle fracture. Uh, but Cam Robinson is coming back, so maybe there's a little bit of help for them there. I don't think the Mariota injury is uh, significant at all. All right. What about – let's go back to uh, – you mentioned Big Ben. We now know he's out for the season. What – is the latest that you've heard on Drew Brees and what is expectation and reasonable uh, reasonableness sort of for here uh, in terms of his return? You know, uh, I've said from the get-go that it's a pretty reliable six-week return, you know, plus minus some human elements. He'll probably play in a splinter brace. This is why yesterday the Saints have said they are not putting him on injured reserve. Because if he went on IR, it would be minimum of missing eight weeks. So that extra week or two is worthwhile winning your Drew Brees to just carry him on the active roster and make him among the seven inactive spots every week, which is what that roster situation was designed for. I know some people have called for letting all 53 players be active, but the problem with that is that coaches would think that they're at a disadvantage if if one team was actually able to suit up 53 active players and another team was banged up and had six or seven who really couldn't play that week, that would pre- pre- present a tremendous uh, mismatch. Uh, all right, so uh, last question for you, and I appreciate you getting up early with us. Go follow uh, Dr. Chow at Pro Football Doc on Twitter. He'll be updating you as he has for a long time during the course of games with the latest uh, injury-related issues. 
I saw where Sam Darnold says he's thinking or targeting coming back for week five, I believe is what he said. Uh, does that seem overly optimistic for you in terms of returning from a mono injury? I don't think it's overly optimistic, but it's on the quick side. You know, it fits with what we said from the get-go, right? We said he's not playing in September, period. He'd be lucky to play in October. For sure he'll be back by November. So October 5th, I think, is what he's targeting. So that's early October. It's possible. It's good to shoot high. It's good to be optimistic and, and hope for the best. That's what he's doing. Hopefully he makes it. Outstanding stuff, as always, Dr. Chow. We will talk to you next week uh, at Pro Football Doc, like I said, on Twitter. Appreciate it, my man. Thanks. Three times in one week. Awesome. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Johnny Cash bringing us back here in the Geico Outkick Studios. Great song. Danny G, you said you've been watching this new Ken Burns country music documentary. Yeah, I watched it from the start. It's going to return on Sunday, but last night's edition of it, they got into the Johnny Cash years, which just amazing, man, how he was on the road with Elvis and everything that happened is with Sun Records. Is that a Sun cool Records. documentary? I haven't seen any of it. But Dude, that is an 11 out of 10 so far. Really? Yeah, it's Even a, it's if you're awesome. not a huge country music fan, Doesn't the even stories matter. are just so good. Yeah, if you just like music in general, you will love it. Yeah, I need to uh, I need to check it out at some point. I'm gonna put it on the list. The problem is I got so much on the list. Once football season gets here, it's hard to catch up. Uh, and speaking of football season, we got week three going on tonight. Uh, a couple of gambling picks for you. I like the Titans. I, I think this is a massive game for Marcus Mariota. Uh, we talked last week about how Jameis Winston on the Thursday night game, coming off of a loss, it was massive for him for both these guys. Look, they're in their fifth year of their contract. They're both making twenty million dollars a year this year. It's good work. But the question that I think is hanging over both for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and for the Tennessee Titans is, what is the long-range future of each of these quarterbacks, not just with the team they're with now, but also in the league? And whatever they're putting out there is a big part of their overall value in the years to come if they are going to be starters. Now, I think both these guys are just 25 years old. Typically, a quarterback uh, doesn't peak until around 29 years old. So, uh, in theory, they still have the ability to rise up. But on a week-to-week basis, when you have a bad game, and it's fair to say that Jameis Winston was very bad in week one against the San Francisco 49ers, and I think while Marcus Mariota wasn't really, really bad, it's not like he turned the ball over multiple times or was truly atrocious against the Indianapolis Colts, he wasn't a $20 million-a-year-plus guy in that game two loss to the Colts. So this is a must-win game. You're going up against Gardner Minshew. To me, the breakdown is pretty simple and straightforward here. Which running back can move the ball? Leonard Fournette for the Jacksonville Jaguars with Gardner Minshew starting his uh, second career game. You know they're going to lean on him in a big way. Uh, Same thing is true with Derrick Henry, who has dominated and owned the Jacksonville Jaguars in recent history. Had a 99-yard touchdown where he threw off the whole team last year uh, and uh, was absolutely dominant. The other question is, uh, what is going to happen with Jalen Ramsey? Jalen Ramsey, uh, according to Adam Schefter, an NFL team called the league office and said, can he play on Thursday and Sunday? So how much of this is brinksmanship when the Jags are saying that they're going to play Jalen Ramsey tonight? How much of it is uh, the truth? Are they going to really play him and risk potentially him getting injured and then you can't trade him for anything? And you also then are left holding the bag on his contract with him scheduled to make $13.7 million next year? Or... Is this a ploy by the Jacksonville Jaguars to get a little bit more compensation 
in order to move uh, to move Jalen Ramsey at the last possible minute. I think that's a storyline to follow all day long here. Ultimately, I think the Titans get it done. They are a one-and-a-half point favorite right now. I think they cover. I think it's the low-scoring game. I think the under is the play. It's under 39 right now. Wouldn't stun me at all if uh, if the final score in this game is something like 21-17, 21-13, 21-10, I think Buck. Uh, I think Dub. You said seventeen, fourteen. That wouldn't su- su- surprise me, and it wouldn't surprise me if there's no touchdowns. If this was like nine six, uh, I, I could see something like that happening. I think it's gonna be ugly, low scoring. Titans have to win. Uh, Jags would like to win. I think Titans get it done, but uh, but I am uh, I'm gonna be watching because NFL Week Three is officially back, and those are what I would say are the major storylines out there. Encourage you to download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss anything. We'll keep you updated. Uh, obviously, as the Antonio Brown drama continues to build as we head towards Week Two, the investigation ongoing with the uh, with the NFL and uh, also with the start of college football. I can't wait uh, to see. I would say really kind of the start of big time games in college football with Notre Dame on the road against uh, against Georgia. you got Auburn on the road against uh, A&M. you got Wisconsin hosting Michigan. This is kind of a moving week for the first time, I would say, in college football. And by moving week, it's like, hey, I'm moving into the legitimate contenders for the playoff, and I'm moving out of being the legitimate contender for the playoff. My favorite game of those three in terms of having a read on what's going to happen, I think Georgia's going to blow out Notre Dame in a big way. I think it's going to be a coming out party for uh, Jake Fromm as the Heisman candidate, also uh, for everybody else surrounding Georgia, for people to start saying, you know what, I think the Bulldogs may be the best team in all of college football. So we'll see. Uh, We'll be talking a lot about that on the Friday edition of the show. Appreciate all of you hanging out. Um, And uh, as we roll out, final picks really quickly. Uh, Danny G, you've got the Titans. I do, and you're saying there may not be touchdowns. I hope Derrick Henry has two. Yeah, I need him too. Dub's got the Jags, and he's got the under. Uh, Eddie has got the Titans, and uh, I believe that Roberto has got the Jags. I've got the Titans and the under. Be talking about it a lot on Lock It In. Check us out, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific on FS1. Should be a lot of fun. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks for hanging with us here on OutKick, the coverage. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis. your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!